Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Listen, I, I want to I want to share just a, a small word with you this morning. God's already done so much in this place this morning. But I want to share with you this morning this this word. And I'm not going to be long. But I just feel the, the need to share this this morning. Thank you, worship team. Thank you guys so much. Hallelujah. Let's give our worship team a great big hand this morning. I tell you, it's, it's so awesome, and it lets you know that this group, Amber made the statement earlier, 8 o'clock this morning, people were here praying over this service today. And I'm so appreciative of, of our prayer warriors that come out and pray. They didn't know who was coming today, but they were praying for you. They were praying for those that walked through the doors of this building that God would touch, that you would have an encounter with him. This worship team. How many places can you go and, and when the worship starts, people start getting saved? I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful because it lets me know that, that they're not up here just singing a song. They're up here ministering the Word of God. Amen. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I want you to take your Bible this morning and turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. If you will stand, if you're not already standing, if you can, one more time, and I'm going to let you sit down for just a few minutes. Like I said, I'm not going to be long, but I just want to share this with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. One verse. Therefore, everybody say, therefore. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me read that one more time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Stand there for just a few moments and marinate on that word. If any man, if anyone is in Christ, Jesus didn't come to save a certain clique of people. 
He came for anybody that's willing to be willing to say, yes, Lord. The love of Christ crosses all ethnic lines. The love of Christ crosses all the railroad tracks. The love of Christ crosses all racial lines. The love of Christ crosses all the prison bars. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Father, thank you. Thank you today for your word. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take your seat. Thank you so much for standing. We've been, since the first of the year, we've been talking about us really on this series. I told you we were going to be on a series for the month of uh, January. And we've titled that series, Who Are You? Who are you? When you stand in the mirror and look at yourself in the mirror, who are you? You say, well, I'm Cornelius Phillips or I'm Patrick Stanley or I'm Chris Rodriguez or somebody like that. But that's not who you really are. You see, because who you really are is who you are inside. See, what you see in the mirror is just what is just the form of your body. But what makes you who you are is on the inside. So I ask you again, who are you? And you say, well, Pastor, why are we on this subject? I've told you that, that we were going to talk about this subject for the month of January and then in February, we're going to change gears and move into something else about being uh, in warfare. And the reason, and, and you don't want to miss the next few months here at McCullough Christian Center. Because beginning uh, around the end of January and the 1st of February, we're going to be looking at some things that you definitely need to be aware of. We're going to be looking at things that are happening in our world that for most, the most part many people are not even aware that it's going on. But it is things that's happening that is very point blank, fulfilling the Word of God, bringing us closer to the coming of Christ. We're going to be looking at those things and we're going to be uh, talking about those things uh, coming up over the next few weeks and months. And I want to say this. Uh, We've been, we've been fasting and praying. January is the month that we use as a month of consecration here at McCullough Christian Center, for those of you that might not know. And so we've been fasting and praying this month. But there's been something different about this time, something very out of the ordinary about this time. Because I've noticed and, and Judy and I have talked about it, I, and we've, we've noticed that this time there's been, there's been almost like 
we've just walked into another dimension. There's not been a struggle. It's not been a battle. It's just Holy Spirit said, if you're willing to to push your flesh to the side, then I'm going to do the rest of it. And you're looking at one, every meal, I had a piece of cake, or one of them little Debbies, plural. I was going to have my sweet tea. And so I was really dreading, man, when we start fasting, man, it's going to be bad for me for the first few days or weeks. It ain't happened. Just That's just an example. And so I've been praying because I know, I know something's up. I know something, something is about to shift. Something is about to change. And I don't know exactly what it is. I've been praying about it, but I know that God is about to do something major. Whether it's at McCullough Christian Center or whether it's in our world, I don't know. But I'm telling you, God is about to do something major. Because I can sense it in the spirit. I can sense it in the, in the spirit realm. You say, Pastor, you lost your mind. Well, I hope I never find it. Okay? But there are things that are going on in our world that, that, that are very, very important, things that, that we need to understand. And, and so we're going to be talking about those things coming up. And so I, I, wanna, I want you to make sure that you're here. But the thing that I want to talk about this morning, and, and this is what Holy Spirit put on my heart, and I'm, I'm going to try to be very short, is that there are so many people that are walking among us that are in the body of Christ or are born again or think they're born again because they belong to a church. And listen, I'm, I'm not a church basher. I'm not going to bash uh, wherever you go to church. God bless you. But I am going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that it doesn't matter where you go to church, if you don't have relationship with Christ, that church tag is either going to fall off going up or it's going to burn off going down. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ that's going to make the difference in your life. All right? But there are many people that are walking around today that do not understand that when Jesus comes into their life, things change. Things don't go and get worse, but they get better. And they're walking around experiencing all this struggle and all this battle and all this pain, battling and struggling with old addictions, marriage in a mess, lives in a mess, and all of that. In and out of church, maybe you come to church on Sunday morning and then you don't come back for a month. Maybe you bounce in maybe once a month or something like that and that's all you need. 
It's kind of like that stuff they used to put in your hair uh, back in the 60s that would grease you down. It was called a little dab of do you. Y'all young folks don't know what I'm talking about, but oh, ask your, ask your grandmama. Little dab of do you. My mama used to grease my head down. It's, it's dabbity-doo, dippity-doo. Get you a little dippity-doo and a little dabba-doo, do you? How about that? All right. But we're living substandard lives when we, when we claim to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're walking in defeat when we claim to know the one that was crucified laid in a tomb for three days, and on the third day rose from the dead, defeated death, hell, and the grave. We, we're, we're living beneath the standard of righteousness and holiness when we claim to know Jesus Christ, but yet we live our lives in depression and frustration and anger when the one that we're claiming to know suffered his reproach on the cross of Calvary, was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. Can I tell you something this morning? That God sent his son into this world to deliver and break free and to set you free to break the chains of bondage over your life. To open your eyes and to open your ears that you can hear and your heart so that you can understand Jesus didn't come so that you could spend the rest of your life in depression and struggle and agony and pain and all of that. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm I'm trying to be cool. Who are you? Who are you? When you look at yourself in the mirror, can you smile and show that white grill and say, I'm so proud of what God has done in my life? Do you get up in the morning and all hell might be breaking loose around you, but you stand up and say, thank you, Jesus. You've given me another day of grace, and I'm going to walk in victory today. Or are you beat up and beat down by the things that's going on around you? I'm telling you today, there's a better way. But here's the thing. So many people are walking around, and, and I've been using this scripture pretty much every service the Bible says this, that we have this treasure. Everybody say treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Everybody say earthen vessels. What is your earthen vessel? That's that body that you put makeup on this morning and, and, and washed off this morning and looked in the mirror and thought you looked real good. That's the earthen vessel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency, the power would be of God and not of us. So what I'm saying and why I'm saying that is 
If you are a born-again Christian, you are walking around with a treasure inside of you. Who said amen right over here? Give me one more amen, sir. Thank you. You are walking around with a treasure inside of you. There's a story that I heard years and years ago, and I want to share it with you this morning. It's about a, a, a pro golfer. He was very good at the game of golf. And, and he was in a tournament. And uh, while he was in this tournament, uh, he didn't know, but in the audience, there was a prince there from Saudi Arabia that had come to watch the tournament. And he watched this man, and he was very impressed with him. And so after the tournament was over, uh, this Saudi prince walked up to him and said, Sir, I am very impressed uh, at your game. And he said, I was wondering if you would come to my country and uh, train me and teach me to play the game of golf as you play it. The man said, well, I'll, I'll check my schedule, and he did. And, and so, sure enough, he, he, he got on a plane and went over to Saudi Arabia to this, uh, to this prince and, uh, and spent about two weeks over there teaching this, this uh, prince about the game of golf. He enjoyed it. It was like a vacation for him, and, and it was really good. And so the day came that he was going to leave and come back home, and, and he went to uh, this, this Saudi prince and, and uh, said, thank you so much for allowing me to come. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. And the Saudi prince looked at him and said, what can I do for you? He said, uh, you have done well. I want to do something for you. The, the, the pro golfer looked at him and said, ah, you don't, you don't owe me anything. It's been an experience for me. He said, no, I want to do something for you. What can I do for you? The guy looked at him and said, well, just, just get me a, a new golf club. That'll be fine. Just get me a new golf club. And he was thinking, he was saying that, and he was thinking, I, I need a new driver. For those of you that don't know, that's a golf club. So he said, just get me a new golf club. That'll be fine. The prince looked at him and said, okay, I'll do that. Uh, you'll be hearing from me within a few weeks. So the guy boarded the plane, went back home, and forgot it, thought nothing else about it. He was at his home one day, and there was the doorbell rang, and he went to the door and opened the door, and there was a man standing there with nothing but an, an envelope in his hand. He asked him what his name was. He told him, he said, I am here, sir, representing the Saudi prince that you came over uh, and, and spent time with a few weeks ago and trained him uh, in the, in the uh, uh, game of golf. And he said, uh, he said, sir, you requested a new golf club. Is that right? He said, yes, that's all I wanted, just, just a little golf club. The guy handed him the envelope. And he said, well, here, uh, this is from the prince. Uh, you can open it and look at it. The guy was kind of perplexed. He said, you know, I, I, 
this is not a golf club. He opened the, the envelope and pulled out a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, it said this. He said, here's the title deed to your new golf club. He said, gave him the directions to it. He said, it's yours free and clear. What he had done was that the golf pro had said, I want a golf club that I can hold in my hand. But the one that he was talking to said, I'm going to buy you your whole country club and I'm going to give it to you. See, what, what we don't realize many times is that we're looking at God and we're saying, all I want is just a little golf club. But we don't realize that God is not looking at it like we are. Because God doesn't want to give you just a little fix here and there. But God wants to give you the whole country club. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, at so many times we as Christians walk around and we say, God, all I want is that little golf club. God, just give me just a little bit. I don't need a lot. Some, sometimes we sing that song, just build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. This ain't Daniel Boone. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to die for you to give you a cabin in the corner of glory land. He said, I'm going away to prepare you a mansion. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see somebody that has just settled? That has just settled for the doctrine of a church? Or has just settled for what some man has told you? Or do you look in the mirror and see somebody that is pursuing God for everything he is? Listen, if my pursuit of God is hindered by McCullough Christian Center, listen, McCullough Christian Center will either have to move to the side or I will move to the side because I will never be allowed uh, to have anything in my life that will hinder my pursuit of God. I don't know why I'm on this this morning, but I'm just sharing See, God wants you to be a world changer. God wants you to be one that affects your family. God wants you to be one that has an impact on your children and your grandchildren. Who are you? Listen, what I just said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I ask you again, Brother Pat, you guys can go ahead and get ready for baptism. So I ask you again this morning, who are you? Listen, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5 says this, that even when we were dead 
in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. We've been saved by grace. We've been delivered by grace. Listen, when you become a, new, a Christian, when you know Christ, things get new on the inside of you. There's newness that takes place inside of you. But I want you to notice that part that says the old has passed away. If you are talking about somebody and you say, hey, did you know so-and-so passed away? What happened to so-and-so? Come on, talk to me. If so-and-so passed away, what happened to so-and-so? They died. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The old has died. That's the old man. That's the old attitudes. That's the old ways of doing things is dead. It's gone. Listen, the only way that the new can come in my life is when the old dies. When Jesus comes in and he puts himself inside of me, I become a new person. And that old nature is done away with. He gives me a whole new operating system. I take on a whole new identity. There's always people that come up to me and say, hey, I remember you when. I remember this about you. And I just say, so glad for the blood of Jesus. So glad for grace and mercy. Amen? So who are you? The oldest past. Something had to happen to the old man. It had to die. That old man passed away. And listen, when something happens inside of you, it will bring forth an outward manifestation. When something changes inside of you, it will be seen on the outside. Amen? Inward change always leads to an outward change. So here's the thing, and I'm, I'm going to close, and, and we're going to get ready for baptism. Your identity, who you are in Christ, is one of the most powerful things that you can possess. All right? Knowing who you are in Christ will bring victory in your life. If you don't know who you are, listen, you know what's going on in our culture today? The reason the crime rate has skyrocketed and the reason they're building new prisons, constantly trying to house uh, inmates and criminals, is because there is a multitude of men and women that don't know who they are. 
They've never had a daddy to affirm them. They've never had a mother to affirm them. And because they don't know who they are, they hit the streets and the wrong person tries to give them their identity and they wind up in prison. Your identity is one of your most powerful things. That's the reason that identity theft today is one of the leading crimes in the United States of America. Because the devil wants to get your identity. He wants to steal who you are. One of the scariest things for hell is to look in your life and say, they know who they are. And ladies and gentlemen, when you know who you are as a Christian, there is nothing that can stop you. There's no devil that can rob you because if you know who you are, you understand what I'm saying? Listen, Jesus said this, John chapter 10 and verse 7. Jesus knew who he was. He knew what his purpose was. Jesus said this. He said, I am the door. In John 10 verse 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. John eleven twenty five, 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome when Jesus says, I'm the door, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. That's pretty powerful. But you know what the most powerful thing about Jesus is? And it's a passage of Scripture that we don't very often pay attention to. And it's in John chapter 18. And I'm going to paraphrase it just to save time. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas had had got it, gathered up the soldiers and a bunch of men to come, and they were going to arrest Jesus and take him and put him on trial. So they came into the garden, and there was a bunch of hundreds of soldiers that came with Judas that night to arrest Jesus. They walk up to Jesus, and, and Jesus, in verse 4 of John chapter 18, they came to him with their lanterns and torches and weapons, and Jesus knowing all things that was going to come upon him, went forth and he said to them, he said, who are you seeking? They answered him, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Listen to this. Jesus said to them, I am he. If you study that, that, that passage there, it just simply says I am he. But if you study it, you'll see that word I am it's the same word that God spoke to Moses in Exodus when he said, I am that I am. Jesus said, I am he. Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. Listen to this. Listen. As soon then as he had said to them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. You missed that. You missed that. Jesus knew who he was. And in the face of those that were about to be allowed to take him, mock him, beat him, and crucify him, even in the face of that, 
Jesus simply said, I am. And it was one of the first examples in the New Testament of being slain in the Spirit. And they wasn't even saved. Put that in your theology pipe and smoke it. I am. And they fell back. Here's, here's the thing. The Bible says this. They went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, who seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, Jesus answered and said, I am he. And he said, I've told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, then let these go their way. Here's the thing, guys, and I want you to get this. We don't, we don't see this very often, but Jesus had his disciples. Peter was with Jesus. The Bible says in the middle of all that was going on, Peter pulled his sword out and cut the ear of Malchus off. One of, one of the servants cut his ear off. That was an assault with a deadly weapon. Amen? Peter should have been arrested that night. As a matter of fact, Peter could have been arrested that night along with Jesus and been crucified along with Jesus. But notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am he. They went backward. They got up. Jesus looked at them and said, I've told you I am he. You came for me. Let these go. That could very well be the reason that none of the disciples were arrested with Jesus. Because even in the midst of adversity, the identity of who Jesus was still overcame the enemy. Guys, y'all can go ahead and raise the screen. See, the reason that my identity is so important is because when I am identified with Christ, not only will my enemy know it, but my identity carries power with those around me. Amen?